Hey there, this is Kat Sancic, the lead boss with the Revenue Accelerator, and I have my guest today, Josh Corporal. Now, no, he's not homeless. I haven't just picked him off the street. <laughs> he has a very interesting background. Actually, he has a BA in Spanish and a master's degree in mechanical engineering, so he's kind of smart. Um, he's also the co-founder and CEO of firebuilders.io, which you guys are definitely going to want to go check out. He is previously a ship captain and Alaskan wilderness guide. Josh worked for years as a special projects this is in quotes, mechanical designer for clients like mm, Disney, Cirque du Soleil, and Metallica, because those things really go well together, only to begin building his own software solution and transitioning to B2B SaaS products, because, you know, it pays the bills real nice, um, and doing that full-time on the road. And he does two things pretty much um, while he's doing that, which is riding across the country on a vintage BMW motorcycle, not too bad, and a, and here we go, West Sail 32 Cutter Rigged Sloop, which uh, he's going to explain what the hell that means. <laughs> so Josh, <laughs> thanks for coming aboard and, you know, taking a shower today. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yes, and you're welcome to the first part. I have not taken a shower today, so I cannot claim that. <clears throat> um, I was trying to give you props of some kind. <laughs> luckily, I live by myself right now, so I don't need to shower for weeks. No. Um, mm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for that introduction. And uh, yeah, coming at you from uh, the sea. Yes. So, you know, you're, you're living on a boat right now and you're, you're doing a lot of stuff in terms of making room, which, you know, there's so many analogies there for um, uh, two other people that are going to join you on the boat. And it's kind of really akin to what a lot of business owners experience, which is there's a lot of clutter in our day, right? There's a lot of things that we hold on to, a lot of stuff around us. And a lot of times we have to get rid of it to make space to focus on the relationships and see how I'm doing this and the things that are most important to us. And that kind of led you into, you know, building this app. Um, so can you tell us about like, one, why you're doing what you're doing and two, a little bit more about kind of firebuilders.io and how it actually helps people do more with less? Yes. Uh, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I'm nuts. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, acceptance is the first step. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I, I just have this inherent drive to explore the world, take photographs, uh, experience mm -hmm. life. I mean, essentially, all of this work that I have done for the app and with clients and the things that I've created, it's, it's honestly just to support my travel habit. <laughs> like, uh, so, so, yes, I'm basically, you touched on minimalism and that's a really good, that's a really good starting point because here on Albatross, it's a 32 foot boat and you're looking at like maybe 250 square feet, something like that. So what I love about living on board and I've lived on board now for a number of years, it's kind of, it, you're forced to prioritize what is important. Mm. Uh, if you have a big mansion, you of course don't necessarily need, you could just get more stuff and you acquire so much just mm -hmm. like fight club, right? Like it's like the stuff owns you kind of thing. And, and that's incredibly true. But the, the kicker is that you don't realize that until two things happen. Either one, 
you have some crazy midlife crisis and you start to, you start to gain some perspective or two, you have to move <laughs> because you don't yeah. really realize how much you actually have until you have to actually move. Um, that's what I like about the boat. I've been doing it ever since my twenties. I've lived and worked on the water. I was, uh, uh, I worked in the tall ship world for mm. a number of years. I got my captain's license. I was driving these big ships and, um, I like the minimalist kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And just like you said, the, you, when you cut away all of the clutter, I feel like it gives you space to be way more creative, to come up with solutions that are more roundabout instead of incredibly routine and mm-hmm. rote. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it just gives you, gives you a better perspective on, on life and how you want to conduct yourself and what you think is good versus bad. And especially nowadays in like social media world. Yeah. So there's a lot to it. Uh, boats are, boats are happiness. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's something like that, right? There's all the, there's always this aspirational thing that people are are going towards. And I mean, there's two things, there's two paths here that I kind of want to walk at the same time, but I really appreciate um, kind of what you're doing is one, you're living your message because so many people talk about prioritization and doing time management and, you know, kind of stripping away the things and all this other stuff, but they don't actually do it. And so, you know, I can appreciate you actually living your message and actually going through this process, you know, iteratively, right? So you get to a point where you kind of slip out of the habit and you collect and you collect and you collect until you get to a point where technically you're moving because you're allowing two people to move in, right? And so you've got to, rework your space and a lot of times that's kind of okay I'm now I'm bringing the past together and where I wanted to go was this routine and roteness that you talked about which is so many business owners get into this you know pattern and the pattern becomes boring and so one of two things happens either you level up or you self-sabotage so what would be your advice to people who in their business are in a routine, they're rote, they're stuck, right? They're not doing the thing that they know they should be. Hmm. Well, I would, yeah, it's an interesting question. I honestly, I would start by, by saying that I, I think it is important to not necessarily invalidate the idea of a routine. It's not mm-hmm. like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't preach hey, don't have any routine, completely <laughs> wing it every morning kind of thing, right? Um, you know, there's, there's utility in the routine for sure. There's like a, you know, th- it makes sure that you get things done, you know, that you need to get done. And, and sometimes a lot of those things are things that you don't necessarily want to do. So it forces you to do that and you get mm-hmm. into that routine and it helps. However, you're right in a sense that it's very easy to fall victim to, to stagnation essentially. And then when something happens in your life and that light bulb moment comes and you say, Oh, I want to build this business, or I want to create something that's way outside of my knowledge zone. Uh, lo and behold, you've kind of forgotten how to create. You've mm. forgotten what it's like to be, to be in a situation where you feel uncomfortable. And, uh, and, you know, and it's, and it's also, it's also, you know, there's some pain associated with it. Like not just not physically, but I mean, mentally uh, um, starting from scratch again, having to learn from the ground up is, is not something anyone wants to really go through, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you just, you, you do it, you realize that it's a necessary thing. And, 
that's that's where the fun lies. If you can find the enjoyment in the process of creating something new, uh, then it doesn't matter where the end result is. Like you, you will feel fulfilled. So, right. well, so, yeah. I mean, you kind of like outside of creating something new, it's the continuation of creating, right? So, you know, we have different specialists in different fields, right? We're always taught niche down, specialize in a certain thing. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they, they've been doing the same thing for years, right? And it's just at some point, it just feels like, how can you keep talking about the same thing over and over again in the different angles? So, I mean, what would be your advice when it comes to that creativity and reconnecting to it almost in a way? Like, you know, that there's this like drive and eagerness and passion when you first start out right? You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take over the world. It's almost like akin to starting a new job when you're, you know, in the corporate, right? Like you're just, everything's going to change and I'm going to rewrite the rules. And then you're there for a couple of years and it comes, you know, the routine kind of sets in and then it kind of, there's this, like, it feels like sometimes this like disconnect between when you have this routine, the creativity kind of fizzles out. Like it's almost like an oxygen sucker from the room, but there are ways to activate both of them. Meaning the routine can feed creativity, but I don't see a lot of people being able to tap into how to do that. Mm. Uh, well, I feel like the how is completely dependent on your interests. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I loved the water. I, I love the water still. Uh, and that, that provides the balance for me. I, so, so I work, you know, really hard online create these, these, you know, software products and, and work with people at a, at a pretty high level. And that's like one side of the scale. And then the complete other side of the scale, like even this morning I was engine, I was like, you know, knee deep in the bilge, fixing the engine, uh, changing oil, right. Servicing winches on deck. Like it's very laborious physically. And for me, that's how I regain my sense of creativity while still staying sort of in a routine. It's like, I just flip back and forth from mm. red line to red line. And it, and you end up kind of like settling somewhere in the middle uh, if you settle at all. And, and to me that provides the balance that I'm looking for. So uh, my advice to people would be to find whatever that is for you, do something incredibly like whatever your routine is that you feel like, you're getting stuck in think of something else that interests you that's the almost polar opposite of that and go do that for a little bit um expect that it's going to feel weird and it's going to feel different uh but know that it's not bad it's a good thing it's a necessary thing and see what that does to your mental state see how mm -hmm. kind of like the clarity most of my great ideas they don't come from when i'm like clicking away on my keyboard they come Think from now, I'm, create now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like they come when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm setting a headsole or mm -hmm. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I don't talking know. Talking to someone else, you know, just yeah. about their stuff or something along with, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like doing something completely different than, mm -hmm. than work. And, uh, and then I just try to remember half of those ideas and then execute as much as possible. That's the other key is like having the ideas is just, that's, that's just fluff. Who, who cares? Everybody has ideas. Um, if you are someone that knows how to tangibly execute ideas and bring something that doesn't exist into the world, know how to create it, uh, 
that's that's a special gift and people like that they i feel like they tend to get get farther in life because they're afraid they're not afraid to take chances and build new things and mm. and it all comes from that from that clarity that clarity of doing something completely different in your day yeah. There's so much mindset behind everything you've been sharing. Um, and part of it is, is really, you know, if you're not feeling, cause what routine, if you, and routine in terms of like where there's that no energy routine, right. Where you're, you're feeling bored is a place of lack, right. Where you're just not connected to the, the joy, the, the abundance that can be around you and your suggestion of going and doing something that makes you, that taps into that joy, that taps you into that abundance, because that's a higher energy frequency, um, and then basically bringing that energy back into the other thing that you're were maybe less passionate about or more passionate about or can't find where the passion is kind of helps, you know, raise both of those up so that they become more enjoyable. Yeah. And well, and I think that I think it's real easy for people to say that, and, you know, it's it's been said, it's like, well, just find something that you enjoy doing and do it. And I think the biggest problem that people have is that they agree with that but they just don't have the energy to do the thing that they want to do. Like, like, you know, maybe they did love, maybe they loved painting or something as a kid, but after they get home from work, from their job and they, you know, eat dinner, like sitting down and pulling out a bunch of paintbrushes and, and putting on an old Bob Ross episode and, you know, painting a landscape is like the last thing that they want to do. They just don't have the energy to do it. And that's where you get this sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy here. So uh, to, to that end, I would say, I would say, you know, you, to those that are listening, like you have a lot more energy than you give yourself credit for. Mm. Um, And it's like, it's like what they say, you know, and that you ever hung out with like Navy SEALs. Uh, Yeah. All the time. (laughs) You know, well, they, you know, they, they talk about, because of obviously what they do is incredibly strenuous, right? Pushes them to the brink. I mean, the breaking. mental dexterity that those guys have is just unmatched. Yeah. And, and what they say is, you know, when you feel like you're done, when your brain is like, you're done, Josh, you're done. Um, you're really only like 40% done. Mm. You have, you have an overwhelming majority of energy left. It's just that very rarely are you ever pushed to tap into that. So, um, so I would say, just keep that in mind next time you feel tired and and do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Well, and there's, there's also the, the prioritization that you were talking about at the beginning, which is if it's something that's important to you, you know, and you do it first because it feeds you, you fill your cup, right. Then that's a way of being able to give yourself more energy to then continue to do the other things. So that even when you come home tired, you're like, Hey, you know what? Not only did I do all this stuff I need to do during the day, but I already did the thing that fed me. And so now I can chill on the couch without kicking myself in the butt because now I haven't done the thing I love. And I'm still, you know, sitting here thinking I'm lazy or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I mean, people, I feel that's one of the biggest lessons that the ocean just being on the water, like taught me is essentially that, that you've got to like, toughen up there is no i mean there's the technically speaking there's like there's no couch on board the ship it's not like you can just kick back and relax if the weather is coming at you and you need and you're tired and you've been working all day on the boat Mm -hmm. whatever and you need to change something because an an intimate imminent storm is approaching 
and stuff, you have to do it. There is no choice. You find the energy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, that's maybe that's a, maybe that's one of the roots of the problem is that people are given a choice. And when you're presented with a choice, like, Hmm, I mean, it's much easier. I, to just not do it than it is to do it. Well, and- I mean, humans tend to take the path of least resistance, right? I think it just becomes this, you know, innate reactive state, which again, right there, you can't be creative when you're reactive. So when you're in a one down position, it's hard to get back into that place of abundance where you can be creative and that's where more can be achieved. And a lot of what your app does is kind of does this in a way, right? It's just, it's that, what's that one next thing? Come on. What's one little thing that pushes you to that next level that expands your capacity versus continues to narrow it down? Because a lot of times that's what happens is we can do this as kids, right? We can do all these things. And then as we get older, our ability to do all the things starts getting narrower, narrower, narrower. Um, And so one of the, like, so tell us a little bit more about firebuilders.io and how you help people accomplish these amazing feats that you know, I, the, the, the concept really is, is they know what to do, but they're not doing it. Yeah. It's so, you know, way back in the day I heard, you know, uh, who Mel Robbins is. Yes. Right. So I heard her talk on a podcast or something like that. She said something that was, uh, was really struck a chord with me. I've never forgotten it. You know, she, she talked about the fact that, that what kills people in the morning. And for those that are listening, if you've never heard her thing is like, she makes herself count down from five mm-hmm. to one. And then she does the thing. Like, even if she doesn't want to do it, she counts down and just Backward, does three, it. Two, one, right. Go. Yeah. Go. Um, but she says that the thing that kills you is as you get older, right. You, you gain all of these new experiences and you try to filter them away and put them into your brain and remember them. And what happens is, is the minute that you're presented with a choice, right. You hesitate because you can see both sides of it. Like you're like, well, you know, let's say the, you know, the painting thing again, Uh, I love to paint, but I also know from experience that I'm going to have to pull the paintbrushes out and then I'm going to have to do it. And then I'm going to have to clean it. And most likely my husband's going to come home and he's going to like, he's going to start bitching and complaining about this and that. And we're going to get into a fight. Right. So there's a hesitation there and you just never do it. You just never do it. And, uh, and I always thought that fire builders was a great way. And part of the reason I built it in the way that I did was to eliminate people's tendency to hesitate mm. because, because if they know, if they would wake up and say, well, I know exactly what my one thing is today. I don't even have to think about it. Mm. I know exactly what it is. If I do this thing, I can go to sleep feeling like I, I moved the mark a little bit. Uh, that's all they need. And they need it. They need that from somebody, you know, like there's an emotive power in an influence from who that message comes from. So to give you an example, there's a, there's like a bunch of accountability apps out there, right? Like uh, Noom and, and all these other things helping you, right? Like the thing that a lot of those, if not all of them are missing is that the messaging the mm-hmm. constant inspiration and the motivation and the stories and everything it's they're coming from either a machine a a, a faceless company or mm-hmm. some coach that you've been assigned that you have no connection with <laughs> no whatsoever, emotional connection right? to whatsoever yeah so there's there's no emotive power in that but 
on the flip side of that whole thing, take celebrity obsessions, mm. right? People just get obsessed with celebrities and they will do whatever that celebrity does uh, or tells them to do. Mm-hmm. Buy this shirt, they'll buy the shirt. Drink this drink, they'll drink the drink. Right. Why is that? Well, man, there's, a, there's an emotive power in who that message is coming from. If it, was, if it was this faceless company that said, hey, drink our drink, you know, you would, you, you might not be as like, well, that's why they do celebrity endorsements, Gatorade, you know, Nike, everything like that. They reach down to someone who's, you know, relatable, or at least, um, what is that called? Um, people who are aspirational people. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you respect and admire them, you're going to take their opinion and weigh it a little bit heavier. So, so that's, that's what I ended up building into fire builders, which, is the kind of secret sauce to the whole thing. It's, um, it is first and foremost, an accountability app helping you stay on the straight and narrow and break your stuff down into your one thing and, and everything. But the real power in that is the fact that it, the messaging comes from somebody that can really make you do something, you know, mm-hmm. that you want to essentially impress. Um, so that's how it all started. I didn't realize that at the very beginning, of course, uh, I built this whole thing for my mother and it turns out that I discovered all of this along the way, but she is an author. She was writing a book and I helped her write every single day using this method. And at the very beginning, I like janked it together with just bits and bobs and different pieces of software and stuff. It was all super clunky. I had to figure out all of these problems. (laughs) The workarounds and the integrations. Like, because anybody that's ever built anything knows that the, the actual solving of the problem is a very small percentage, like 10% of the entire solution. Yeah. The other 90% is figuring out all of the weird and interesting ways that people will misuse the tool that you have created. And you have to then create these sort of robust uh, um, catch-alls, right? Yeah, so that the, these the whole anticipatory reactions that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was the process that I went through with my mom and then other people started to use it and then coaches saw it and were like, mm. man, that's really cool, but I don't know who Josh is. None of these, you know, none of this makes sense. I want to use it for my people, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but in essence, it's just an intelligent messaging system. I mean, that's- right. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Well, I mean, it's like, let me add a little more. It's because I've used it. Um, you know, I, I know that you have a free trial, which I would encourage anybody to go and, and leverage because what I love about that is that you get to see whether it works for you or not, because there's a lot of people who can come into something and say, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, I can do it myself. And those are typically the people who still don't do the thing. Right. Sure, so yeah. it's really looking at it. And What's really also unique about yours, which I think is where a lot of people, especially app developers and people who work in the software field, because they miss, they, they don't have this characteristic, which is personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have worked and seen and interacted with a lot of engineers. And I mean, in this case, it's true. You're happy when they take a shower. I mean, I know you haven't, but you know, <laughs> there's this human connection, right? Because Somebody who's always talking and thinking in ones and zeros tends to forget that there's a lot of space between those two numbers. 
um, where the human mind kind of lives and breathes and, and intertwines throughout those things. And part of what you do is you infuse personality and it's not about shaming, right? So it's not about this, I'm going to guilt you, which is what a lot of you know, bro marketing and NLP manipulation kind of stuff gets you to do to buy. What you're doing is, is you're really tapping into the positive reinforcement. And this is all like, you know, parental 101 that we should all know about. (laughs) (laughs) But that positive reinforcement and leveraging that psychology and humor as a way to create an undertow that that really kind of like a groundswell, right? So it really helps lift you up versus tearing you down. And then what does that do, but make you not do the thing anyway? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, when you, when you think about it, like kind of going back to the painting example, right? Um, When I first made fire builders, I didn't have this idea and it kind of grew into it. Um, But I said to myself, if it, if this concept, right, works so well for, for inspiring people and helping them through their day and, you know, and, and has personality and has humor baked in, I mean, just like you're saying it, you know, it's, it's something that you look forward to opening the email and seeing what the hell this person said, right? Yeah. Then you say to yourself, okay, well, what if I, what if I extrapolate this a little bit? What if I push the envelope and if I was a painter and I wanted to learn how to paint and I did it, I took an online course or I wanted some accountability, who would I want accountability from? You know, mm-hmm. would I want accountability from the local sip and paint person, right? That, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that has you drink wine and does like a paint by the numbers thing. No, I want, I, I personally, I would want somebody like Bob Ross or Pablo Picasso. You know, mm-hmm. I would want to know not just, how they paint, but how they think Mm -hmm. and how they approach problems. I want to get to the root of it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what essentially fire builders allows you to do. So you can essentially, you can create these environments with accountability where it really inspires people. Just like you said, with positive reinforcement, instead of like Marine Corps boot camping them and, and making them feel horrible right? With the intention of building them back up, but there's no need for that at this yeah. point. It's like, you can just make it interesting and people will, people will go through the process. Yeah. I think a majority of people don't respond well to that process. Of course, there's plenty of people who do and they look for that, but I think a majority of people who are needing and wanting accountability, that ends up being the problem is that they don't want someone in their face. They don't want someone to make them feel bad. They already feel bad enough because they haven't done the thing and that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, I would, it's just a love. It's not even tough love. It's just this, Hey, <laughs> like, let's just do this thing and let's try to figure out how to make it work together. Here's a tool. Right. And, and, and a lot of it has to do with um, because it's a tool, it really does help with reinforcing the confidence because I'm sure like with your mom, it, it depended on her to continue to activate and to engage in order for it to build on itself. And so it does require a little bit of you know, it doesn't create a dependency because that's what I see a lot of people trying to do too, is create a dependency. Either the the coach or whatever it is always wants the person to be dependent on them. So they keep buying, right. You're going to need me forever kind of thing. Right. Like you, you can never accomplish anything without me. (laughs) Your money is mine. Um, so (laughs) yeah, um, yeah. This is the opposite. It's exactly right. Like the idea is for you to gain your own sense of confidence that you can achieve this stuff and it. And it's not as hard as you think. 
Um, It just takes small, little consistent steps as opposed to trying to bust out like a course or something in a weekend. Which your, your app absolutely does, which is it's not, hey, you know, all right, so you want to write your book. All right. And tomorrow, have you written your book? And the next day, have you written your book? And the next day, have you written your book? Like, it's not that it's about breaking things down into these digestible steps that you will activate. And, it, and there's, there's all a bunch of like really interesting things that happen as part of the experience. So again, I would totally encourage people to go and download the free trial to really get an understanding as to how this creates empowerment within yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really cool concept because it's not just, it's, it's not just something like a, like a, a very linear process. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the things that I really wanted and you, and I know that you can um, relate to this, like one of the things that I wanted to do in, in the very beginning stages here was to avoid this like repetition, mm-hmm. just like, just like you said, Hey, I'm going to get the same email thing? tomorrow you and then you become thing? blind to it. Yeah. Yeah, you get so desensitized to it, then you just stop opening the emails and stuff. And and what what also another kind of benefit and facet that makes Fire Builders unique is that it's adaptive. And and it took a while to figure out how to make this work, um, but it essentially changes the messaging, right, based on what the behavior of the person, what they do or they don't do. The messaging changes, right. so it's appropriate. Uh, at the right time for the right person. And that makes a huge difference. Cause if I were to just to make a like active campaign email sequence and was like day one, all right, send them this day two, send them this. Uh, just like you said, they're going to tune it out. Um, but as soon as you, as soon as you make it apparent that it's like morphing to their behavior, yeah. then you be, you start to develop this like working relationship with them. It feels like they're cracking open their laptop in the morning and writing you like a personal message about your goal for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that is, is as much as you get out of it is as much as you put in. And so it, it, it's also creating a habit. Like there's just these multitudes of like benefits that are part of going through this process. It's not just, you know, you get to do the thing it's then you have the systems and the processes within yourself to be able to duplicate this again and again, because we all know that, it's never just one project. It's never just one thing that is preventing you from achieving whatever and however you define success. Yeah, totally. And it's, and you know, for those that are listening and you're just like, Oh man, this sounds kind of interesting. Like I can tell you that, that I've put like thousands of people through this now Mm. and I can tell you the feeling that you get knowing that your coaching clients or consulting clients or whoever you're, you know, sort of giving this accountability to that they're getting things done. It's an incredibly fulfilling feeling, of course, but there is a very, very real tangible economic benefit here. I mean, on one hand, it's an accountability tool, but I mean, honestly, it's really a retention tool. It's like you you know, you spend all of this money as an entrepreneur, as a coach, somebody that provides services in some way, shape or form, you spend all this money acquiring customers and only a very small percentage of those people actually are return customers, you know? So the more that you can increase that percentage, the better. And the way that you do that is just by actually helping people like Mm -hmm. shocker, but it's like actually help people like 
get somewhere that they weren't there before instead of just dumping an evergreen course on them and being like, <laughs> good luck, you know, thanks well, for the cash. Yeah. I mean, it's being more responsible in terms of if you understand consumer behavior and you know that only 3% or something like, I mean, it's a really low number, 3% of people ever finish a course then you're really actually not doing a good thing by just creating a course and creating a revenue stream for yourself. Because there is this concept in terms of an ascension ladder of if someone buys a course and actually implemented it and you built the course knowing that if someone did everything, they would get results. Well, if that person got the results, why wouldn't they buy again? And probably at the next level, right? To continue to build on that. But people just kind of what do what you said which is they get the money that they get and then they just kind of keep going and then they're doing all these efforts for each of the different revenue streams instead of trying to create uh, putting a little bit of strategic effort into creating the ease how can you help more people go to that next level of working with you and what do they need from you in order to do that versus trying to say it's all on them No, if you're selling something, then you, and you know that it's not converting for them the way that it needs to, the onus is on you as the producer, as the creator of the course or whatever it is that you're selling to ensure that the majority of people are getting a positive result, or at least doing what you think you should be in order to support that. Exactly. Like for those, you know, people that don't think about that, they're, you know, their, their success will be short-lived. They will spend their energy constantly coming up with new ways to try and package the same thing and get people in and and stuff but at the end of the day like eventually just like if you're a bank robber sooner or later you're gonna get caught like sooner or later you're just gonna be ousted as somebody that that isn't really helping anyone doesn't deliver on their promises and doesn't deliver and and to be honest like not that's bad enough but i mean you, 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 if you're that person and you look in the mirror, like you, you will come to a point in your life where you say to yourself, what am I doing? Like, how am I contributing to anything good? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, of course there are people out there like that. Uh, but there's also a lot of good people, good coaches, people that really care. And that's who this is for. Mm-hmm. Um, those people that, that, maybe started out small and really high touch and had this standard of care, raised the bar with what they were able to provide, made sure that they kept their name in good stature, right. And their promises in good stature. And then because those people are kind of few and far between, then all of these people jump in and they're like, Holy crap. Like I want the same level of service. And all now all of a sudden you have 200, 300 people that all want the same, and you just can't physically provide that. So yeah. that's that's really who Fire Builders is for. It it really does handle the problem of scale. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I encourage people to go check it out because it's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. And if the coaches and consultants, right, who who've been listening to this as well, are people who have groups, who have you know quantity and things like that, who are scaling, who are growing, and they're wanting to leverage this. Part of what you do offer too is a licensing model, which allows you to leverage the software within your own group program, within your own business to support your clients. So it's not just, Hey, go one off here, but then that gives you a level of control in terms of insight into what's going on. If there's something that's happening and all this other stuff. So there's that other level too, that I think a lot of apps out there don't, you know, 
use and 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 support their people with because it's kind of just this I'm going to collect it myself versus really supporting and enabling that coach that consultant to be creating the same experience for their community versus sending their community out yeah, yeah. exactly it's like it's like the difference between having your own I don't know like personal physical meetup versus a Facebook group right mm-hmm. Facebook you know, you you only reach a small percentage of people in your group anyway, um, unless you pay to play. But even when you do, it's like it's like trying to teach somebody in a Marrakesh marketplace. It's like there's <laughs> so many there's so many distractions yes. and stuff. How do people like even one learn or two anything? people are going to be the people who are the closest right next to your mouth of the people that are going to be able to hear you? But all the people standing around, what? Huh? What? What she said? Yeah. What he say? Yeah, exactly. Like, and and the thing is, just like you said. Um, as a as a coach, as a business owner, your, your most valuable asset is your understanding of the insights of your buyers, of your clients, of your tribe, and that's another thing that we didn't even touch on. But one of the one of the auxiliary benefits is that all of the feedback that you get, because mm-hmm. FireBuilders it creates this feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they respond to you like they as in the people that are using Consumer. fire builders, right? Yeah. Yeah. They respond to the coach. Then there's an automated adaptive response that goes back to them. And then they respond again. And you get all of these verbatim insights about mm-hmm. what people want to do, what's stopping them, what their long-term goals are. And it's all written in their own words. And so you kind of, when you pull all that together, it is a fucking like Bible for your business. It tells you what to sell and how to sell it. There's I mean, talk nothing about better. market research, right? So one of the things that I know that we talk that I talk about a lot is getting, you have to have your content, your, your, your marketing, all that stuff doesn't talk about what you think your clients need and want, but it has to tap into that inner monologue. And when you're working and capturing that information from people, when they're in that moment, when they're in that frustration or that win, that high, that low, wherever they're at, and they're literally typing their thoughts, that's like gold because yeah. then you can really say, hey, when you feel, mm, insert that time where your client, your ideal client, right? Making sure it's your ideal client, you know, is said this, then they're going to have that feeling of they see me, they hear me, they know, they know me, which then reinforces that connection that creates that desire to fulfill on the promise that you make yourself and to the other person. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. And it's, and what's so cool about what fire builders is that everything that you just said just happens automatically. Yeah. It just happens. You just set it and forget it sort of in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it really is. It really is. It has an, an immense effect on people. Um, you'll see that if you, if you offer it to a hundred people, this accountability, a percentage of them, half of them or so will, will take you up on it and participate but you'll also see that the people that really do continue to use this, they are in it for the long haul. They love you. They will tell you exactly what they mean on a daily basis. And it's like, it's, it's so much more potent information than a stupid survey, yeah. right? Or something like that, where you just, where you blast it out and you're like, Hey, you know, what do you, you know, if I could help you with one thing, what would it be? Right. Of course, you'll get a few responses mm-hmm. back, but it's not going to be as genuine or as granular 
or as sticky as the mm-hmm. things that people say much more on a daily basis uh, that you can, you can spot trends with. So right. that's, that's also why I love fire builders. Cause it's like a marketing gold mine. I mean, it's why Facebook is free. It's why LinkedIn is free unless you do the sales navigator stuff, right? Where they're <laughs> collecting the data. That's where the value is for them. That's how we're paying them. That's what's so important, which is why doing your KPIs, understanding where your key performance indicators are great. You want to know how many leads you're generating, how many sales you're generating, how, all this you know, great stuff. But understanding the data from a human perspective in terms of their behavior, that's that next level that really helps you truly scale. And it helps you do it with more ease because you have the true insight versus, and it's also how you save time. You can't do this many market research calls on your own, getting, you know, to that person's, you know, thoughts, whether they're filling it out at, you know, 12 o'clock in the morning or, you know, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So it's just, there's so many benefits to leveraging this process, this system, this technology as part of your overall process to ensure that your clients and yourself are getting better and bigger results. Yep. 100% agree. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So who, who would have thought it all started with my mom and now it's just blown <laughs> up into this huge thing. Talk about having mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, I just wanted to automate my relationship with her. And I know, I right. I never that. wanted to engage ever again. <laughs> So yeah, it's been, it's been a hell of a trip and, uh, um, and just, just doing it like kind of looping back I mean, doing it all from the road. That's how I was able to have these ideas and insights and, and stuff was, uh, I would have never figured any of this out. I don't think if I was in an office every yeah. day, clacking away at a keyboard. You know? Well, I mean, and you really dug it down and drilled it down to the essence of what's needed to be done versus again, all this extra stuff, you know, it's not, you need to be focused on, you know, what font you're using in the book. It's let's get the book written and then the things and the details. And this is beyond just, you know, it's not just for people writing books. This is any place that accountability is needed when it comes to business and life. Right. So it it works in both ways. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it goes both ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, but, no, it, it's but it's fantastic. It's so true. It's like when people, because I do a lot of consulting and stuff for mm-hmm. folks, like technical and creative consulting, and uh, and they'll come to you and be like, "Hey, um, I have this big idea, and I'm gonna get, you know, it's I'm gonna do these webinars, and then like an opt-in thing, and then I'm gonna get like my first like 50 coaching clients, and then I'm gonna do this, and you and you have to stop them and be like, "All right, first of all, do you have any coaching clients right now? No. Second right? Get one and prove it. Like prove that you can get one person to pay you whatever, two, $3,000 a month to coach them. Mm -hmm. So if you can do that, then let's, we'll talk about the next level, but you would be, I mean, you, you wouldn't be surprised because you understand this world, but like most people you'd be surprised. They can't even get one and they use those big numbers to sort of dilute the responsibility. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's because they were sold on this easy button strategy approach or whatever it was. And that, again, just right there is an indicator of, you know, where where it starts, where the rubber meets the road, where the friction starts happening. That's where most people bail. Right. And so when you have someone who has a proven concept, somebody who's been able to repeat success, that's what creates the consistency and predictable predictability and revenues, but it's what creates predictability and, um, you know, consistency in terms of all the areas of your life. Yep. Yeah. Including on boats. 
right? So <laughs> Josh, how can people get in touch with you? Because beyond just fire builders, there's all these other things that you're, you're actively a part of and sharing in the world. Uh, well, best place to kind of like follow along with what I'm doing is uh, joshcorporal.com. So I have a blog there and I um, send pictures and stuff. In fact, I used to just write emails to my family and friends just to let them know that I wasn't dead. I would do all these trips and stuff like that and just let them know I'm still alive, still alive. Here's some crazy adventures that happened. Um, but you can actually sign up for that email and I'm, I'm sending, I'm opening that up to people now too. So if you're curious about the trip and about all of these uh, crazy sort of adventures that I get myself into, sign up joshcorporal.com. Otherwise, Facebook and Instagram is usually the best place. It's just Josh Corporal. And on Instagram, it is Saltwater CEO. Nice. Awesome, Josh. Any parting words for, you know, everyone listening today? Yeah. Uh, my favorite quote of all time by a French sailor named Bernard Matossier. Uh, a lot of you are probably in the midst of creating something new and uh, you can't get bogged down with not knowing how to do it. And then, and then letting that distract you into all of these other shiny objects. What's going to happen is that the work is going to teach you the work. It's my mm -hmm. favorite quote of all time. The work mm -hmm. teaches you the work. So expect that you're not going to know what you're doing. Do it anyway and figure it out along the way. You're going to be fine, right? But that's the only way you'll truly learn uh, aside from you know paying some rando that you met on Fiverr like $15,000 to build you some kind of funnel that you just that isn't going to work. Right. right. I mean, so, and you're not learning there in that instance at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So you can't, you can't learn mastery unless you actually go and get your hands dirty and really figure it out. It's beyond That's the pages right. of a book. It's actually in doing the work. Yeah. Um, Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Everybody, those, all of those links will be in the show notes for you to leverage. I definitely encourage you to go check it out. I'll also include the fire builders. Dot io, which that's the link uh, in the show notes as well for you to go check out and leverage as well. Josh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. Had such a good time. Thanks, Kat. Thanks.